Elon Musk. God damn it, Elon. Why blame Musk? He's gonna give us anime girls. Anyway, you guys, welcome to Pixel episode uh, 171. Um, Lantern. Episode Lantern. I know. Very enthusiastic. I got thrown off because of Elon. It's all his fault. <laughs> With me is... Uh, still the man who refuses to use a vacuum cleaner. Senior Came over crystal clear that time. Also with me is Senior Odin. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Odin here, back <laughs> at it again with another lovely episode of Pixels, Polygons, and Fun. How are you guys doing tonight? And we have Headfrecker with us this week as well. I'm here. You're just are are you here physically or mentally? Neither. Neither. You have Twilight Zone sound. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and uh cut it into the news. We'll be right back after we make that phone call. Oh yes. I see. Good news, everyone! Welcome back, you guys, to the news. Got some stuff to talk about for this week. Your Pokemon update. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, the Pokemon Company posted a new animation short called Bidoof's Big Stand. It is absolutely adorable. You guys need to go watch it. It's on YouTube. Go, go do it. Um... Pokemon Unite, we have two new um, Hollowware pieces, and they are for Snorlax and Lucario, and they're both a concert style, whatever that means. Um, let's see. Uh, looks like the Pokemon Unite team has also put out a developer letter confirming that Pokemon Unite is to be at the World Pokemon World Championships in London in August of this year. We don't know if it's going to be canceled in person or not, but we'll see. Chances are are likely. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I that is about it, honestly. Um, Pokemon Masters has announced the next chapter of the story. Um, we will get the additional sync pair units of Lucas and Dialga. It's actually kind of cool in the summoning banners, you know. Good luck with that one. Uh, I think that's it as far as Pokemon news goes. But um, pulling from gamesindustry.biz, written by Marie D'Alessandri, Humble Bundle rolls all subscription tiers into one membership option. The company is also releasing its own launcher. 
Um, Humble is tweaking its subscription approach from next month with all Humble Choice memberships rolled into a monthly fee of $11.99. Previously, subscription options ranged from $4.99 to $19.99, the latter giving access to nine monthly games. From February 1st, the Humble Choice uh, subscription will give players access to all the games uh, from the bundle for that monthly fee of $11.99. In a blog post explaining the news, the company added that the, quote, exact number of games might vary each month, end quote, with uh, subscribers able to skip a month should they want to or cancel at any time. 5% of the Humble Choice membership will still be donated to charity. Uh, Humble also announced a Humble Games Collection, which is a curated library accessible to members only and featuring community and critical favorites. The collection will only be accessible through the company's new game launcher, which is releasing alongside the revamped membership options. In the new Humble app, you'll also find uh, more than 50 DRM-free indie games, experimental oddities, and other experiences inside the vault, which you can download while you're a member and keep playing even after your membership ends, the blog post reads. If you're familiar with current Humble Trove, the vault is where you'll find many of your old Trove favorites after February 1st. So uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? DJ, I know you've dealt with Humble in the past before. Yeah, I'm on their membership. I have been. I've... It doesn't sound like it's going to be much different, but then again, I wasn't really aware of the changes to the membership because I was grandfathered in from being in the first version of it. So I had all the access to the games at the same price. So um, the game launcher thing sounds a little sounds a little weird. We'll have to see how that's implemented because I like being able to add the games onto my Steam library and stuff. So I hope that's still an option. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but they have offered games before as just direct downloads, and if that's more your style, so I kind of hope that they still have all the choice that's been there before. But either way, Humble Bundle is definitely a good way to get some games maybe you've been waiting on while also supporting some good causes. So I, I'll, I'll support them. <laughs> I mean, there's a bundle live currently that I want again, and it's all the DLC for uh, PC Building Simulator. Ooh. It's like 15 bucks. It gives you the game and all the stuff. But I already have the game, so I can just get the DLC and gift the game to someone else. I have no, I, I've never used it, so... All right. Does uh, anyone else have some news? I do. I do. So this is coming from GameSpot. Uh, written by Jessica Howard on to, as of recording today, the, the 12th of January. Um, labeled, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl offer limited time Easter egg for original games fans. Uh, when Nintendo called the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl faithful remakes, they weren't kidding. The recent remakes of the 2006 series are chock full of nostalgia, perhaps even to their detriment. But one of the best things about keeping so much of the original games intact in these uh, new enhanced editions is the inclusion of a pretty heartwarming Easter egg. Fans of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl will be delighted to know Snowpoint City's Diamond Dust has returned. A nod to director and composer Junichi Masuda, 
The sparkling snowfall appears each year on January 12th to celebrate the beloved Pokemon creator's birthday and offers some pretty good, uh, some pretty great perks for players. According to Cerebi.net, uh, players can expect a boost to their encounter rate as well as a, reduc a reduction to hatch length. For those already looking forward to the next step in their Pokemon journey, the newest entry in the Pokemon series, Pokemon Legends Arceus, is just over two weeks away. A drastic departure from the uh, usual Pokemon formula, the open-world adventure game gives off some major Breath of the Wild vibes and could mark a turning point for the 25-year-old franchise. That was it. Oh. Yeah, so it was a short one. Very, very lovely article there. Yeah, sort of neat that they brought back the sparkling snow. Uh, let's see. I have some news articles. First off, we have one that was uh, shown to me earlier today by Hedfrick. Uh, either Hedfrick or posted it or commented on it. Um, this year marks Kirby's 30th anniversary. Hell yeah, it does. Kirby is now 30 years old. You old fuck. And the official Kirby Japanese Twitter announced that this year it's going to have some special activities going on, as well as the new Kirby game getting a release date. Which I don't think the article mentions. <laughs> Has a the release date of the new Kirby game is actually the 23rd of uh, March. So that's actually pretty soon. Which, good for them. Uh, they announced uh, the website is going currently has some uh, special anniversary wallpapers if you want to go there and just download some neat art for your desktops and stuff. Uh, also announced other goods and campaigns. So we could be seeing some special 30th anniversary Kirby merchandise. No mention of other games, though, so we'll have to see if anything else comes from it. So it might be probably on par with the Zelda anniversary. So maybe not much. Maybe we'll get a Kirby Game & Watch this year. <laughs> well. That actually might be really cool. That would be really cool. I heard the Game & Watches are pretty fun yeah, for people. We have the Mario one. Um, I want to get the Zelda one for Riku. Did you got it? Yeah, I got the Zelda game I watch for Tattle. Is it good? Yeah, it is. Awesome. So I'm gonna have to get it. It's only it's pretty it's pretty inexpensive, so takes on the Zelda game and watch the Um and then we have an announcement here on Game Informer. Um for you Assassin's Creed fans, uh the Ezio collection is coming oh, yeah. to Switch. Oh, uh, originally released on the PS4 and Xbox One in 26 turn, is releasing on the Switch on February 17th. Right uh, it's also going to have full HD Rumble support as well as touchscreen interface options. I'm not sure how that's going to work with Assassin's Creed, but it'll be available. So that has Assassin's Creed 2. Brotherhood and Revelations. Yep. So those will be all there Can't and wait. cost forty dollars. 
I mean, maybe the system will rumble once you do a leap of faith and you hit the hay barrel. <laughs> <laughs> also, Ezio Auditore da Firenze is the best assassin in Assassin's Creed, period. Fight me. Fuck everybody else. I mean, I Ezio's like him, but like I, I would definitely say Connor's my favorite. Connor, Connor is right under Ezio for me. And then it's Altair under Connor. Okay, and to end it, I have a story that'll ruin your faith in humanity. Maybe. Um, who remembers the hot tub streaming things that went on Twitch? <laughs> Where girls were uh, streaming in swimwear while sitting in hot tubs and Twitch allowed it because money. Yeah, well, what about it? The one who started the trend has now bought a pool toy company. Oh, God. She purchased an entire inflatable pool toy company. Uh, this is uh, Amaranth. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Amaranth? I guess. Um, so, yeah, she bought an entire pool toy company just... Because she could, and it's actually a reputable one that sells on Amazon and in Costco. Oh, Jesus. Apparently she's known for doing business ventures like this and apparently invested in a gas station before. Uh-huh. See how that goes. According to her thread on the matter, the company she's investing in makes about $15 million a year in revenue. So, I mean, good for her. It's kind of odd. She found something. Buying a toy company. It Uh, works for her. It works. Other than that, I think that's it for my news. All right. Uh, Headfrecker, do you have anything? I don't have any news. All right. I guess we'll cut it here, you guys, and we'll go into our next segment we'll be right back welcome back you guys to the segment of the show where we will talk about what games we have been playing since we have last met on the show can't talk uh odin minecraft adventures have you been up to the past week not that much um i've been kind of focused on work uh, as of late, and I've been having like a lot of uh, appointments and stuff that have been kind of going on between a uh, dentist and um, other things. I've honestly been kind of like had my face shoved into Pokemon Infinity, the fan made game. Um, Dude, it's pretty so good. good. It it really is. Um, if you actually make it through the story, uh, if you play it long enough, um, it's it's crazy. Like it's some M Night Shyamalan shit. Not even joking. Like it's it's really good. Like the story itself is nutty. And if you remember anything from last week's podcast, you know that uh story for me doesn't really matter. Um but this one is really good. So yeah. I I definitely suggest giving it a try. Sweet. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. Literally nothing. All right. Uh, 
DJ, what have you been doing? Well, I just scared myself because I forgot I was still wearing my fez. <laughs> I reach up like, what the heck? Um, the, no, gaming-wise, um, I started a small bit of a Pokemon Infinity playthrough on on stream for Poke Sunday. That's where it's going to be remaining for now. Um, so far, it's kind of interesting. I do miss the experience share. You get it. You, you'll <laughs> mock it. I hope so. I hope it's an experience share all. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, so far, I have a good, pretty good team. I'm, I'm very much liking my swap loop. I'll have to cheat to look to see up how it evolves. <laughs> By leveling up. Hey, some of these ones don't. Okay, I, I know there's some weird stones in the game. I mean, actually, they're, they're, all the regular stones are in here, except for, I think there's like one one that's different that's like the astral stone uh certain trade evolution pokemon uh you level them up once while they're holding a certain item and they'll uh evolve i think okay. it will use the item though mm-hmm. i think maybe okay i haven't tried it yet uh on stream we finished inscription yesterday holy cow is that game a ride um I do recommend it for anyone that's into like deck building stuff. If you if you play like deck building card games, that this is definitely a game for you. You'll get into it really quick. And it really knows how to switch it up because it goes through f- like five different deck building games in this one game with a very creepy story surrounding it. So, if that's your thing, I'd go for it. And today we started the playthrough of Subnautica Below Zero. Which, for those who don't know, uh, Subnautica is a survival game where you're surviving on an alien planet that's covered mostly in water. It's like 90% water. So you gotta survive, keep keep your health up, not get eaten, and craft a way to find out what happened to your sister. Or die trying. Most likely die trying, because there's a lot of giant monsters that want to eat you. Uh, On that, I think that's it. All right. Uh, Headfracker, what games have you been playing? Well, I'm actually currently playing, uh, while we talk, uh, Persona 5 Strikers. What is that like? Well, it's a warrior-style game, like Dynasty Warriors or Hyrule Warriors. So it's a rather crass difference to the to the JRPG style of the actual series. I've played Dynasty Warriors, so I know what you're talking about. I'm not, I'm not played Hyrule Warriors because, well, I'm a pleb, I guess. It's been a good while. I've watched a lot of Persona 5 gameplay before, like the um, like when it came out. But never really, never really touched them. Well, Persona Five as a game is very time-consuming. I mean, yeah. I talked about it the last time in the podcast already that I needed uh, 156 hours for just one normal playthrough without actually New Game Plus or something else. A lot of time. Yeah, especially if you consider that uh, most people think that 40-hour games are really long today. 
which is a sad development in my opinion. Yeah, no, they're not. 40 hour games are not, they're not long. If you've played Skyrim, you know just as well that 40 hours. Oh, I heard Skyrim. <laughs> you know, if you if you played any games that are like long, long storylines and lots of like different side quests and stuff like that, you know for a fact that 40 hours is not a long time. You could. No, it really isn't. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. Oh, is it? Uh, is it my turn? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the head record was done yet. But I don't really have anything else to say. The only yeah. thing I played other than Persona Five Strikers is uh, Slade Aspire. Don't know if that tells you anything. Slade Aspire is an indie game. Okay. I don't really know the how the developer is called right now. Uh, and it's another card build, card deck building game, like DJ just talked about. Ow! Uh, I just died in my game. Um, and uh, you basically start to climb a tower. And in each floor, you fight. You either fight an enemy, find a chest, or have a random event. You can choose your path through the tower as you go along. And can yeah, you have elite enemies that give you relics, that boost stats, or give you uh, special effects like that. You can have more energy per turn. You need energy to play your cards. That's pretty standard for a deck building game. Mm -hmm. And as you go along, each fight uh, rewards you with with one of three randomly chosen cards. And you have to manage your deck, make a strategy, and uh, pay attention that your deck doesn't grow too large. Otherwise, you don't get the cards you need. Ah, okay. Yeah, and the game has four different characters to choose from with their own set of cards. And uh, there is one set of cards that is shared between all characters. That's the colorless cards. But those are only obtained through events or through the merchant you can purchase them and the cards you gain as rewards are usually just from the color of your char so they are they fit your playstyle of the char because the four different chars have different playstyles the char you start with is the ironclad it's basically your knight in shining armor. <laughs> okay. Physical attack focused, defense focused, and has a relic to start with uh, that heals him for every combat he survives, which gives him pretty good survivability, but he can be overwhelmed by numbers. Then the second one is the Silent. That's an assassin and uh, 
focused on poison attacks or quick uh, low damage dealing attacks in quick succession. Then there is the uh, the defect. That's a robot that actually originally was built to defend the spire, yeah. but then it turned around and wants to slay the spire instead. Roll credits. Um, <laughs> the defect has its own unique mechanic that it has orbs. It has uh, orb slots you can fill with elemental orbs and these orbs are triggered once per turn. For example, you have lightning orbs that do that deal damage to a random enemy once per orb. And if you have several of them, you can deal extra damage per turn without wasting any energy just because you have these orbs. Then there are frost orbs that give you block them uh, as a block so you can prevent damage from enemies. Dark orbs, which don't do anything directly, but the longer you have them, the more damage they store up. And when you uh, shoot this orb, you can uh, evoke the orb from an orb slot with a special card. And then you cast this orb, basically. And when you cast the dark orb, you uh, deal the entire damage that was stored up in the dark orb at once. And then there's the plasma orb, which basically just gives you one extra energy to use per turn. Nice. Yeah. Take yeah. a look. Take and a the look fourth, screenshots for it. Yeah. The fourth char is uh, the watcher, which is basically uh, a monk with a bit of magic mixed in. The watcher has another unique mechanic. In that she has uh, two different, three, actually three different stances. Okay. There is the calm stance, which doesn't do anything uh, special in its own right. But when you leave the calm stance, so if you change the calm stance uh, either to no stance or to the other stances, you gain two extra energy to use. Interesting. Then there is the then there is the wrath stance, which basically doubles all damage you deal, but also doubles all damage you receive at the same time. So it's has to be used carefully. Usually you go into the calm stance and then trigger the wrath stance, so you have two more energy and can deal a massive amount of damage at once. And then the third stance is a bit of a tricky one. It's called uh, the divine stance. And for the divine stance, you need to gather mantra. And you can't, you ha don't have a way to gather mantra mm -hmm. when you start off as the watcher, but you need to get cards as a reward okay. that gain you mantra either per turn or per use of the card. And when you gained 10 mantra, you enter the divine stance, which gives you three energy at once, which is basically double the amount you usually have mm -hmm. for a turn. Okay. And it triples the damage you deal. 
thing with the uh, divine stance is it only stays for one turn. The other stances stay so long uh, until you change them again. That's, that's insane. Like I'm looking at some screenshots right now of the game and I'm just kind of like perusing through the <laughs> characters and stuff. The defect looks pretty interesting. Yeah, the defect is actually my favorite character. Because uh, as you play along, you unlock more and more cards and relics, mm -hmm. depending on the points you gather yeah. with each char. And for the defect, you can unlock cards that, for example, your lightning orbs don't deal damage to a random enemy anymore, but to all damage, uh, enemies at once. And then you can have a card that makes the orbs you have even stronger. Then you can have a card that gives you more orb slots. There's a lot of ways you can play, and I could yet I could talk the whole night about it, but it's not the uh, purpose of this podcast. We might have to uh, go a little more in depth on that sometime, because this game looks interesting. For sure. Yeah, it's uh, not not even that expensive. I uh, think the one I bought was for twelve bucks a few years ago. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, no, I, I the the reward system in here looks pretty interesting too. So, yeah, I didn't even manage to unlock the last act. You have different acts in the story. Yeah, when you play the first time, you only can climb to the first boss. And then you have to reset and climb to the next boss in Act 2 and Act 3. And you have to do that with every char. And uh, only when you beat Act 3 with all four chars do you unlock Act 4. And I didn't even manage that yet. Dang. I'm done. Oh, all right. Uh, at that very uh, detailed uh, walkthrough, which honestly sounds like an interesting game, I have not... Um, played much this week. I have helped a couple of people with their Pogo adventures. You know, yay COVID for fucking everything up. And Woo! you know, I'm, I'm glad to help people. Um, I haven't caught a lot of shinies, but um, on a friend's account, I caught them a shiny Onyx and a shiny Machop. But I can say that I have a shiny family of the Slugma line, so I am content and happy. Good for you. So if I could get a shiny uh, uh, nose pass before a friend of the show, Poker Ranger Pat, does, so I can, uh, in, in a friendly way, rub some salt in the wound and, you know, go like, ha, 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 look what I got. Just to tease the man a bit. That uh, haven't haven't played much as of. I mean, I'm pretty sure tomorrow I will be playing some games. Yeah, you know, while I'm resting slash recovering from a nice dental visit, because that'll be that'll be fun. So I will, in all uh, seriousness, probably will play some Skyrim like I want to. I want to get back into that. Um. Thanks to Headfrecker, I have got the Bidoof that I need. So, in the next couple of days, stay tuned on my Twitch, because I will be doing a solo run of Bidoof. 
and I will be playing through Brilliant Diamond using only a Bidoof. I am not allowed to use any other Pokemon. Solely a Bidoof. And the goal of that run, of this potential run, is to beat Cynthia with a Bidoof. <laughs> Will I get there? You'll have to find out. But uh, I think with that being said, we're going to cut it here and jump into the next segment. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the topic of the show, you guys. We will pick a topic about anything under the video game sun. And when was the last time I said that? Um, this week, we're going to... Gonna, the next couple of episodes, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. It's going to be Pokemon-centered. So for this week, we're going to be going going over the history of shiny Pokemon. So, shinies! Shinies. So uh, pulling, and I'm going to be getting all my information from uh, Bulbapedia. So um, you may be wondering, what exactly is a shiny Pokemon? A shiny Pokemon, or otherwise known as Shining in Japan, is a specific Pokemon with a different colorization to what is normal for its species. So a shiny Mew, for example. Regular Mew is pink. Shiny Mew is blue. Just for a pure example. Uh, let's see. Got some uh, nice... Nice little info tidbits for you. Um, shiny Pokemon can differ in color from their normal counterparts very little or drastically different. Some Pokemon, such as uh, Glaceon and Pichu, have a shiny color coloration that's only a few shades darker or lighter in color, such as Pokemon like Caterpie or Smeargle have drastic differences. And I will say right now, before we really get into it, there are some Pokemon that you really can't tell if they're shiny or not. And that, to me, is horrifically disappointing. Yeah. Those Pokemon are really tough to get shinies for, because they're just like, well, I didn't even know it was shiny. <laughs> right, if you missed a little spike. And every shiny Pokemon, when it comes out, either when you uh, mm -hmm. encounter it in the wild, or if you hatch it from an egg, or if you send it out in battle, it always sparkles. Always. So you really got to pay attention with some of the shiny Pokemon. Yeah. Anyway, um, shiny Pokemon were introduced in a gener Generation 2 video games being Pokemon Gold and Silver. Um, when a shiny Pokemon that appears in the wild or from its Pokeball, it is surrounded by a flash of stars or a light, which is accompanied by a pinging sound effect. Um... Individual Pokemon, and just in, if you case, in case if you guys are curious, uh, if you have a regular Pokemon, there is no way that you can change it into a Shiny and vice versa. If you have a Shiny Pokemon, there is no way that you can get it to a regular coloration. No legal way. Pokemon. No legal way, yes. Let's, uh, let's put that out there. There's no legal way. So, um, you may be wondering... How do you encounter said shinies? Well, like I said, you can either find them in the wild, you can hatch them from eggs. Um, the base rate of shiny Pokemon going from Gen 2, Gen 3, and Gen 4, and Gen 5 
the base rate for shiny Pokemon in those generations is 1 in 8,192. That is the base rate. So on average, um, if you encounter 8,192 Bidoofs, on average, at least one in that 8,000 will be shiny. And going from uh, Gen 6 and onward, they cut the shiny rate from 8,192 to 1 in 4,096. Not so bad. Um, And then the next one down the line, um, for those of you who like to um, shiny hunt Pokemon using the egg method, we have a method with breeding that is called the Masuda method. And for those of you who are not aware of what the Masuda method is, you take two Pokemon that are different languages. And you breed them together, and you typically have a better chance of finding a shiny Pokemon. So if you know, since I'm, you know, I'm in the United States, so I would have, again, I'm going to use Bidoof as an example. If I have a English Bidoof and I had a friend in Japan trade me a Japanese Ditto, since those are two different languages that would count for the Masuda method, then that method was introduced in generation four. And the base rate um, using the Masuda method is five in eight thousand one hundred ninety-two. So you know, use use a calculator um, with the Masuda method. It is one in one thousand six hundred thirty-eight. Hmm. And then generation five was six out of eight thousand one hundred ninety-two, and that would translate it to you know one in one thousand three hundred sixty-five. And then from generation. Six onwards, it is six out of 4,096, which translates into one in 683. Mm. So it's... Odds were... They they, they slowly started getting better, honestly. Over time, I will say, shinies have become much more common. Yeah. Much, much more common. And I'm not saying that's <clears throat> a, a wrong thing, but I don't like how common shiny Pokemon have become now. Yeah, they're pretty much everywhere. <clears throat> um, about to say, before I go into more... Um, shiny stats and fun tidbits. I figured I'd let you guys talk for a minute. Um, do you guys have a favorite shiny Pokemon? Least favorite shiny? Oh, you know, better yet, do you have a story of how you encountered your first shiny Pokemon? And I'll give you guys uh, an exception to that question. The shiny Gyarados at Lake of Rage does not count. Um, well, I'll go ahead. Uh, I'd have to say the first time I remember encountering a shiny on my own was not until Ultra Moon. I was going through the grass on one of the the beginning route, trying to get a Pichu for my team. It was either a Pichu or I was trying to find a Pikachu specifically. And just randomly, shiny Baneri pops up. 
I don't, I, I don't know how it happened. It was full odds. I was still early game, just randomly shiny Baneri. Hmm. As for my favorite shiny, is one I'm very angry with because it's not legal, and that is shiny Victini. Not once has he been released or unlocked, but he has the coolest shiny because he's white as snow compared to his normal, like, pale yellow color. Mm-hmm. He's so cool. <laughs> and as for least favorite, any of the ones that turn green. They're all hideous. Absolutely disgustingly green. Yeah, that's... I, I can agree with you on that one. Any Pokemon that are just... If they look like they're about to vomit... They are vomit. They are vomit. <laughs> Funny. What about you, Odin? So, my very first shiny that I ever caught was on my Japanese version of Pokemon Sapphire. Um, it was a shiny Psyduck that I caught in the uh, Safari Zone, I think is what it was. Your first shiny was a Safari shiny? Jeez. Yeah, I did catch it. It was a Psyduck. <laughs> um, it was random. I was sitting at school. Um, before class was starting, we were all in the gym. And I was just playing. And there it was. A shiny Psyduck. I do not have that shiny anymore. Because it was on a Japanese game. And it couldn't save on my console. On my handheld. Um, so. I lost it. Um, my favorite shiny. Out of all shinies. Um, it's a tough one. Cause I like a lot of shiny Pokemon. I mean, I, I some I, of them look really good. Yeah, I'd have to say if I had to pick one, which I do, um, I would probably say the shiny Trico line. Okay. Um, something about the way it changes color is really nice, just for like the type of Pokemon that it is. Okay. It's the same color from Cell to Cell Junior. It's just um something about the really cool the the green tone that it has. <laughs> DJ is not liking green Chinese. Um Trico's one is more blue. It's like a weird bluish green. It's, it's a teal. It's teal. It's nice. Like I love it. Like, it's a really solid shiny. And when it's Mega Sceptile, whoo! My god. It it'd is be pretty. Gorgeous. It is, it'd be pretty. Uh, my least favorite shiny is Wingle. Ah, uh, Odin, that, uh, that bleeds into my story. Um, no, because I have ran into more shiny Wingles in all of my gameplays than I have anything else several pokemon that exist in this world several pokemon exist in these games and for three games in a row the three playthroughs i have ran into three 
Shiny Wingle at separate occasions. And I'm like, I'm done. I give up. I don't want to run into a shiny Pokemon in my gameplay ever again. That, uh, it's going to be a Wingle. That hurts. That hurts me a little bit, Odin, because my, uh, my first shiny Pokemon was, just happened to be Wingle. That was my first shiny, and here's the the um thing thing about Wingle being my first shiny, and actually a cool little story depending how you see it. I came across this this Wingle, um right. I, I can't remember the route number, but it's to the right of uh oh, what's that town called? The south end of Hoenn. That's in the middle of a water route. Pacifolog. There we go. Pacifolog town. To the east of that, that route there, um, on my way to Sky Pillar, I came across a shiny wingle. Yeah. And I, I caught it. Um, and at some point after that, um, my game game save got corrupted. So I unfortunately had to restart. I shit you not. Same route, I come across another shiny wingle. And I've had that Wingle Wingle quite literally ever since. It's now a shiny Pelipper. And it is sitting sitting in Pokemon Home. I mean, I like it. It's it's really sweet that it's still there. And it came from the Pokemon Ruby that I've owned that I got from my grandmother. So it has some sentimental value to me. My Favorite shiny. Oh, that's that's tough. I have so many, so so many different Pokemon that I like. But if anything, I have to go with Rayquaza. Normal, normal Rayquaza is all black, or is all green. Sorry, my apologies on that one. And Shiny Rayquaza being black and still has the yellow spots going down his body. Looks really badass. Uh, least favorite. It's it's tied between, you know, general Pokemon just being a little different than their normal coloration. But if I had to pick just one Pokemon... That was that that I strongly dislike as a shiny is Reshiram, and that's that's on par with Zekrom because their shiny variants compared to their normal ones, they're so small that if you are not paying attention, you won't even tell that it's a shiny. Um. Say so, yeah, that's me. Uh, Dream, do you have a favorite shiny? Well, to start it to start it off, I want to tell, I want to say that I don't really care much for shinies. Okay. That's a very controversial stance. I'd at least it seems like it, because uh, everyone I always hear talking about, oh, shiny this, shiny that, and I have to admit 
that I got a bit into the shiny craze lately, but not really for myself. Okay. As as you know, because you have now a shiny Bidoof. Yeah. But I still got stories that you demanded. <coughs> my first shiny, my first legit shiny that I encountered was, actu was actually in Sword and Shield. I had so bad shiny luck. I play Pokemon since Red and Blue and I never once, never once encountered a single shiny in all of my playthroughs until Pokemon Sword where I got in the DLC on the Isle of Armor and I found a shiny Rodom. Nice. Not nice. What? <laughs> shiny Rodom is disappointing. Extremely disappointing. You know that Rodom, when it takes on the different forms, it changes the kind of outline plasma that it has to match the color of the type it changes to. Well, shiny Rodom has the same color in every form. And that's just extremely disappointing. Then to the topic of favorite and least favorite shiny. I think if I had to pick a favorite shiny, it would go to Mega Gardevoir. Okay. Because this black dress, ooh. And together oh, yeah, with, it, a it normal, with a normal Mega Gardevoir, they make an incredible great pair, black and white. I will. I will give you that one. And the least favorite shiny has to do with a personal experience. DJ probably already knows what I'm going to say. My least favorite shiny turned up when I was uh, shiny hunting in the Dynamax Adventures for a shiny Mewtwo. And the shiny I got in the, in the Dynamax Adventures was a uh, Galarian Weezing. <laughs> it's Brown. brown. It's <laughs> brown like poo. Gross. Also, to prove her point, I posted the two different versions of the Rotom forms. You can see what the shiny does to them. Yeah. Takes all the I actually was excited when I caught the shiny Rotom, but then I changed the form and the excitement just flew out the window. Yeah, some... Some of the Pokemon shinies are just... They're bad. Like Gengar? Yeah, Gengar, if you do wolf. not... If you do not see that sparkle on shiny Gengar, you you can't tell. Or Garchomp. Okay, let's be for real here. They should have kept the color scheme from shiny Gibble to Garchomp. Bringing a brighter color? Right. Brighter color, not... A shade darker. It's fucking stupid. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we got those stories out of the way. Got some uh, interesting shiny tidbits for you guys. Um, in Generation 5, um, a new uh, mechanic that was introduced with shiny Pokemon is re for referred to as a shiny lock. And what that means is that no matter what you do, no, it doesn't matter 
Uh, just for example, if you try to breed for it, or if you constantly reset the game to fight the Pokemon, it will never be shiny. Um, the shiny lock started originally with Reshiram, Zekrom, and Victini from Pokemon Black and White. Um, any Pokemon obtained in the Entree, Entree Forest, um, which is called Pokemon Dream World, for those of you who remember that, um, while these Pokemon had shiny sprites programmed into the game, they were never released as shinies at that point. Granted, um, Reshiram and Zekrom now have shinies that you can get legitimately. It is a travesty that we do not have a legal shiny Victini yet. Um, and in Pokemon Black and White 2, the player can only obtain three specific shiny Pokemon, but only two per version. If a player registers every non-event Pokemon in the Unova Pokedex, they can receive a permit that will let them trans er, travel to the Nature Preserve where they can encounter a shiny Haxorus, which is 100% shiny. And then after defeating Benga in the Black Tower or White Tree Hollow, Benga will give the player a shiny Gibble or a shiny Dratini, with shiny Gibble being in Black 2 and shiny Dratini in White 2. Um... Starting in Generation 5 as well, Pokemon in the Pokédex will appear shiny if the first specimen of that Pokemon was encountered as a shiny. So, you know, uh, fun stuff. Looking uh, up some tidbits on, the, on shiny Pokemon as well, if you want me to share. Oh, of course, DJ. Go for it. So first, there actually was one Pokemon that had an unofficial shiny lock in Gen 2 when they first started. Okay. Unknown had a shiny lock on it by accident. Really? Because in Gen 2, a Pokemon being shiny was determined by its IVs. And Unknown has set IVs, I believe, is how it worked at that time. Yes. So because of that, only two versions of the Unknown could be shiny, and that was the I and the V. Only those two could be shiny. None of the other letters could. Huh. So it is impossible to have all shiny unknown in Gen 2 when they first came out. But another thing is shiny it didn't actually start as the first term for them. The coding for these Pokemon in Gen 2 were listed as rare. These were the rare versions of Pokemon. And in uh, Pokemon Stadium 2, they were called the color Pokemon. They got different color. And in Gen 3, they were called the alt color. It wasn't until Gen 4, with the shining Pokemon cards in the card game, that shiny started to become the main word for them. And then being fully integrated in Pokemon Black and White when the Shiny Charm was created. Super interesting. And if anybody actually remembers, the anime actually introduced us to Shiny Pokemon. Before we knew Shiny Pokemon were a thing. Ash's Noctowl was a Shiny. The first... I think it was the first one to officially appear and then be caught by a main character. And what was with the uh, pink Butterfree? That was just a gender form. <laughs> yeah, klar. It was just supposed... just It's a girl. It's pink. Anime. <laughs> yeah, but technically it's a discolor, and 
therefore a shiny. Even if it's not an official shiny. But it didn't sparkle. Noctowl didn't sparkle in the anime either. It did when it was let out of its Pokeball. Ha de ha. But yeah, the original season had a, a bunch of different colorations for them that weren't actually shinies. Like when we had the introduction to the uh, Orange Islands, they had some specific forms that weren't kept consistent through that season. But as we've seen in recent years, Pokemon has fully embraced shiny. They have. But even to this day, there's still a bunch that are shiny locked. Most of them, most of them being mythicals. Poor Victini. Yep, Victini. <coughs> uh, apparently, Jirachi is not. Nope, you can uh, legitimately get Jirachi as a shiny now, but only in a event. You can't software reset for it. Manaphy apparently could for a while. Which is weird. Um, Keldeo is still shiny locked. Uh, Meloetta. Poor Ash Greninja. Rip. Um, Hoopa is Volcanion. Cosmog and Cosmoam. Which is weird that they're locked, but Solgaleo and Lunala aren't. That's just really weird. Uh, Magirna. Marshadow, Eternatus, Cubfu, Urshifu, Zarud, Glastrier, Spectrier, and Calyrex are all still shiny locked. As well as some specific event Pokemon or specialty Pokemon like the partner Pikachu and Eevee can't be shiny. Or the CODs play Pikachu. Um, I guess going into... Because uh, I know I brought up earlier with different shiny rates and everything with being like the one in 4096. Shiny hunting is another term that's used. And I want to talk about real quick, um, shiny hunting and let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee is easy. It is so brain dead simple. Um, You know, having the shiny charm and that's a key item that permanently increases your chances of finding a shiny Pokemon. Um, and in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, you need to capture, you need to get a capture chain of 31 of a single Pokemon. So in this case, you would capture 31 Rattatas. And with the Shiny Charm, if your catch combo is 31 and above, your chances with the lure that's active plus the Shiny Charm turns the Shiny Rate all the way down to 1 in 273. Then there is uh, actually a new game that released that has a higher chance to gain Chinese. What's that? I'm talking. I'm talking about Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl because the highest chance you can reach in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl is with a catch uh, chain of 40, is one in 99, and technically it's even easier in brackets. Uh, in not brackets. Ah, damn it! English English language, hard language. Um, technically, it's even easier once you reach the 4D chain, which is 
very hard, but once once you do reach it, you can just reset the radar over and over again until a shiny patch appears. You don't have to risk breaking the chain anymore once you reach that point and can just reset and lay back and wait for your shiny to appear. Does the chain work? If you encounter a Pokemon of a different species, does it break the chain? or? You cannot encounter a Pokemon of a different species, so long as you only fight in the patches that wiggle. If you, um, uh, if you don't use uh, Protect, then you're, it's your own fault. <laughs> Actually, according to this chart, there was one time before where it was even, even lower of a shiny, shiny uh, odds. One in 64. In what? In Gen 2, you had a 1 in 64 chance of getting a shiny if you were breeding a shiny and the offspring was an opposite was the opposite gender. Um, yeah, that's honestly the lowest rate for shinies across all the games. And uh, for those of you who are Pokemon Go fanatics, the base shiny rate for any Pokemon whose shiny form is available in Pokemon Go is 1 in 500. As the standard shiny rate um, for legendary and mythical raids for shinies, the rate, or actually no, I take that back. the the egg The egg hatch in one in sixty four, right? That is not the lowest. Technically, the lowest shiny rate and just the whole Pokemon sphere is legendary and mythic raids in Pokemon Go, and the chances for shinies in that are one in twenty. And then that's why, and that's why I don't really consider shinies from Pokemon Go legit. Ouch! That just disqualified pretty much Gingy's entire box. Uh, incorrect, sir. Anyway, and then Community Day shiny rates one in twenty-five. So let's see what else do we have. Uh, tidbits. I don't see anything else interesting as far as shiny Pokemon goes. I saw one small section, and that's uh, there are actually chances of some Pokemon in the game being shiny that are uh, uncatchable, and which kind of suck. Yeah, um, like the Pokemon in the tutorial for catching being shiny. Yeah. Or, like, uh, with Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, if the Poochiena or Zigzagoon is shiny. <laughs> Yeah, it hurts the most. Well, let's be for real. A gold Poochiana. That's pretty. I actually have. I actually got one in uh, Pokemon Go lately. Nice. Nice. Which again, I don't consider a legend shiny, but I keep it anyways. Let's see. What are the ones here? Um. Okay, this one actually kind of picks me off. Um, the Ralts that Wally catches in Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald can be shiny. But anytime you battle them afterwards, it will not be shiny. That is true. Why? That's that's so dumb. Why is it not the same Ralts? Why would didn't you they actually uh, Didn't they actually fix that in the remake? I don't know. It just says in the original. So I don't know if it's even locked there. 
Um, let's see here. Rental Pokemon in the Battle Factory can be shiny and Pokemon Emerald. Uh, Battle Frontier. I didn't know this. Um, at the start of Pokemon Black and White, uh, Pro, uh, the Juniper, uh, the Minchino, the Professor Juniper lets out at the start of the game when she's doing the Welcome to the World thing can actually be shiny. Yeah, most of the ones here are part of the capture tutorials, but uh, there was also a section here that there are some trainers that actually do have shiny Pokemon in the games. Oh, yes. Um, I did not know this. Pokemon in uh, Pokemon Stadium and Coliseum can be shiny. Same with XD. Never have I seen shiny Pokemon in those games, however, but... You're just not good enough. Evidently not. But then again, have you ever really tried to shiny hunt in those games? I did not. Although that is super fucking interesting. Also, see that uh, there were shiny... And I do recall getting several shiny Pokemon figures in Pokemon Duel. Rest in peace, that game was legitimately fun. I enjoyed playing it. Although I've heard that there's a way that you can play that game offline now. I don't know how, though. Let's see. Oh, uh, here's fun little trivia piece for you before we can uh, cut it here and go into the to the bullshit. Um, while all Generation 3 onward event eggs, did you guys know that they are set to prevent Shinies to be hatched from that egg? Hmm. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, and it also says, if a player other than the one who obtained it from the event hatches the egg, this prevention is bypassed. So if I, so, so for example, and this is another way that you can get a shiny Manaphy. If I get the Manaphy egg and then trade it to you, DJ, you can be able to constantly reset that egg to try to get a shiny Manaphy. Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Although I thought the eggs had a set shiny thing. Like I thought it was determined if it'll be shiny when the egg is generated, not when it hatches. Right. Uh, let's see. Before Generation 8, Cast Form Weather Forms and Magirna's Default Form had the same colors regardless if they were shiny or not. Fun fact. So I am, I guess my final final thought on shinies, I can't wait to see what these uh, Hisuian shiny Pokemon are going to look like. I am legitimately curious. Um, I suppose before we wrap up the section, maybe we should just give our overall thoughts on shiny Pokemon. Do we like them? Do we hate them? Do we think there should be more, or what? I I like them. I like shiny Pokemon because it gives, like, another aspect of Pokemon collecting. And, you know, you get that oh shit moment when you come across a shiny. You know, I like that moment. And I just... There are some Pokemon whose shinies I legitimately want to change because they are so cringy bad. But as a whole, I do like shiny Pokemon. I wish that they can somehow improve on them. That's, uh, that's my stance. Okay. Uh, Fregger, what's your overall thoughts on shinies? Well, as I already stated, I don't really care much for shinies. And I don't really like that they are so luck-based. Because, in my opinion, you don't really earn a shiny. You don't really work to get a shiny. It just 
pops up and if you are lucky you get a shiny if you're not lucky you don't get a shiny i mean i already told you i played pokemon since red and blue and the first shiny ever i encountered was in sword that's generation eight yeah that's because uh, that's also the reason why i kind of do like the system with the pokemon radar because that changes the whole luck factor a bit, a tiny bit. Because you can work towards getting that shiny actively without really needing much luck. You need a bit of luck because at any given point, you have a 7% chance that the chain will just break. Even if you do everything right, 7%, the chain could just break and all your work goes down the drain. But you can start again and work your way up to that 40, can reset the radar over and over and then get that shiny patch and you know in this damn sparkling patch is my shiny. I worked for this shiny, I deserved that shiny and it's still a bit luck based but not fully completely luck. It feels a lot more like you're working towards a goal rather than just hoping that it happens right yeah okay what about you dj um i i like some shiny pokemon i like the idea of them but honestly i kind of think they should be removed from the games they don't really add anything in my opinion i mean they're a neat collectible but I just see them as being another entry you have to fill in in the Pokedex, and they're so hard to get, and with some of them not even being allowed in the games yet, it just kind of... It feels like it's a gimmick that won't go away. I like the idea of them. Some Pokemon look better as shiny, like Spiritomb, like Charizard, like Victini, but you can't even get some of them, so what's the point? If you're going to have shinies, you have to make them all available. And Pokemon's not going to do that. For some dumb reason, they code them in, but never make them available. So if you guys, if they're going to keep doing that, I'd rather just there not be shinies at all. Fair enough. It's a valid point. Uh, Senior Odin. Odin back? No, I don't don't believe so. So once uh, once, once he is back, we can... You can comment on his shinies in the bullshit segment. So you guys let us know um, what your take is, what your favorite, least favorite shiny is. Tell us your first shiny story. And tell us if you, quite frankly, agree with what we have stated or not. So we're going to cut it here and go into the bullshit. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? Do you enjoy podcasts like us? Have you ever wanted to start one of your own? Are you too scared to start one? Well, to be honest, we were scared in the very beginning before we started Pixels, but luckily we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is one of the easiest ways to start a podcast. They're a dedicated team driven to help your podcast succeed. Their website is very simple to use and gives you stats on your show. It's amazing. They put your podcast on all the different podcast players like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. 
Exactly. And we love Buzzsprout so much, we recently became a affiliate. Start your own podcast using our special link, which will be in the show description. Today, and after upgrading to any service plan, you will be able to receive a $20 Amazon gift card. Join us, us Pixels, and over 100,000 other users using Buzzsprout today. Buzzsprout, easiest way to podcast. And now we will return you to your show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome back to the bullshit segment of the show, you guys. Bullshit away. Who's who's ready for the Pixels Dad joke of the week? Uh, no. Before we go into the bullshit section fully, I have a question. What's up? Wasn't this podcast supposed to be about Legend Arceus 2? Uh, no, that will be next week. Ah, okay. Then, uh, bullshit away. <laughs> so, um... Th- this happened to me the other day. I was wondering why the frisbee kept uh, looking bigger and bigger. And then it hit me. Eh? Eh? Meh. 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 I thought that one. I thought that one was good. I think you need to workshop that one a little bit. Just a little? Yeah. Alright, fair enough. But uh, when does a joke turn into a dad joke, by the way? When it becomes apparent. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I are you the only dad in here? I am not. Odin is too. Odin has immunity to dad jokes. Pretty much. <laughs> Maybe it's the beard. <laughs> it's a it's a shield against becoming the typical dad joke telling dad. Just proves Jinji can never have a real beard. Fucking ouch. <laughs> now that one was funny. <laughs> and that's Here it for the show, you guys. Here you go, Jinji. God damn it. So yeah, hopefully hopefully tomorrow. Uh so a couple of days ago as you guys are listening to this, I will feel a lot better. I uh I won't lie, I'm a chicken shit when it comes to the dentist. I'm not a fan. Honestly, if if you are the type of person that says you enjoy going to the dentist, you're a fucking psychopath. Um, off topic, but there was one shiny that uh, Headfrecker and I have talked about before. Um, Headfrecker, do you remember us talking about the shiny Mimikyu? Yes. You remember how you thought it looked deceased? Nah, oh, I never God. said that. I only said it's really depressing. 
Oh. Well, um, it kind of is depressing because in the Sun and Moon anime, there is a shiny Mimikyu. And it's said that it looked, it said it's, it's shiny because it's the ghost of a dead Mimikyu. Dude. Ghost of a ghost. I yep. can't wait for Mimikyu. It's Rollers. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for Mimikyu to to hit Pokemon Go. Maybe, maybe for holiday or Halloween twenty twenty two, we'll have Mimikyu. Maybe. Niantic, I know you're listening. Put it in, you cowards. You just want them to listen. I do I just want somebody to listen to this damn show? <laughs> And actually respond. Anyway, though, do you guys have any other uh, bullshit for the week? Trying to get past time a little bit for Odin to show back up. Well, at least you can maybe take that as a bit of... uh... Yeah, I don't. Uh, the English word isn't coming to me. But uh, I have to go to the dentist too. But next week on Monday. Fun, fun dentist work. Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. I'm uh, not a fan. Uh, what's, ooh, here's one last final, uh, bullshit, bullshit thing for me. Um, I was going through my, uh, uh, full sale folder that I have on my computer, you know, all of the work that I've done so far on my full sale degree. DJ, I remember you playtesting it, but do you remember the fluffiest? Vaguely. That, uh, card game I made? Mm-hmm. I found it. I found all the data for it. I want to turn this into a physical card game. And oh. I need to I need to figure cuz I know it's possible that you can go to a company and they will print it out for you. Oh yeah, there's card printing companies. It's I I need to do my research. I also need to um commission an artist to help me draw the design of the cards. Always do it. I'm pretty sure there's probably a commission artist that'll do that. Right. Where would where would one go for that? Etsy, maybe. Oh, maybe no. DeviantArt. Okay. Oh, all right, you guys. Do you have any other last minute bullshit? Well, I uh, happen to know an artist, but I don't think she would do that. And I also don't think uh, that her prices would be okay. Are they higher? Lower? She does very good work, so it's very high price. Gotcha. You pay for quality. Quality, bambino. See. So speaking of uh, quality, where can uh, people find you, DJ? You can find me on twitch.tv slash DJ Skywalker 716, streaming 
Tuesday through Thursday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central, and the occasional Pokey Sunday. Wheat. Headfracker, where can uh, people find you? In Twitch. Haunting your streams. Spooky. And occasionally making Gingy's pain <laughs> by banning his action. Well, what? Well, I uh, gave him a shiny Bidoof for that. Now I got the free pass to do anything I want. <laughs> Damn it. I can't even argue with that. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Damn it. <laughs> I really hope that Craig does not pick that up. Turns out he picked it up in perfect clarity. Yeah, knowing my luck. Huh? Alright, you can uh, follow Odin at his at by Odin's beard with two ends. Don't forget it, because he won't stop uh, bitching about it. Just kidding. Love you, buddy. You can uh, follow my personal Twitter at Raging Ginger. You can follow the show at PPAF Podcast. For any questions, comments, concerns, or topic suggestions, mine is dropping it in a DM or in the Discord channels. Or message me, DM me, I'm all ears. You can email the show directly at ppandafpodcast at gmail.com. So with that being said, you guys, this has been Episode Lantern. Pixels, polygons, and fun. I am your host, Jinji. I've been the blue horse. Is Odin gone or something? Yeah, Yeah, he's away. He's away. Well then... I have been the headfracker. And Odin is with y'all in spirit. So catch us next week for episode 172, which is episode Pichu. Catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.